Money FM 89.3. Best of drive time. Money FM 89.3. Good evening. It is drive time. Elliot Danker, Timothy Go and Chuan Jin with you. It's now time for Market View, where we will be taking a look at uh, the greater China market. Quite a bit of expectation there. But first. Closing bell. As always, a quick recap of how we started the day as far as the Singapore market is concerned. Well, Singapore shares opened weaker today, joining global bosses in the red. And that's, of course, as July data showed weakness in the manufacturing sector across China, the US, as well as the Eurozone. Then early trade, the Straits Times Index was down 0.6% to 3,353 points after some 65 million securities changed hands in the broader market. Now, off to the closing numbers, the benchmark Straits Times Index closed down 1.45%. We're looking at 3,325 points. In terms of value turnover, that's 1.28 billion Sing dollars. Now, gainers trailed losers 218 versus 420. Top advances for today, we have uh, Revers, Yo Hyap Singh and Takral and top decliners, New Incorporation USD, DBS and UOB. Now, in the meantime, international headlines are in focus today with all eyes on markets in the greater China region over expectations of more stimulus, especially for the beleaguered property sector. Also on the table today, what the recent downgrade of US sovereign debt means for investors and how they should be positioning their portfolios asset-wise. And uh, for more, we are joined by Ken Shi, Head of Wealth Management Greater China at Sexo Markets. Ken, Welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me again. Great to have you on board with us. And Ken, we'll talk about Greater China in just a bit. But let's start with the Singapore stock market as usual. How did the STI fare today? Any surprises when it comes to the biggest movers? Yeah, I don't think uh, too much surprise today. Obviously, uh, I think the STI today mirrored what we're seeing all across uh, Asian regional stock markets, right? Uh, obviously, it's a knee-jerk reaction to the Fed down uh, to the Fitch downgrade of the U.S. credit overnight, and obviously, I think on top of that, uh, the sentiment has kind of soured after a multi-week rally in July. Um, but at least with the biggest movers, as you mentioned, uh, a lot of the banking names, uh, potentially a lot of the commercial names as well. I don't, I don't think this is a big surprise. Actually, I think quite a lot of investors at this point is just about taking a breather, maybe doing a little profit taking as well. Can I get the Greater China question? Um, I want to talk about, and in recent days, it's been a lot of speculation and talk about what kind of measures we could see to stimulate the Chinese economy, right? Uh, how much of an uplift are markets in mainland China and Hong Kong expecting as far as sectors like, say, property or even technology are concerned? Yeah, I, I think it's uh, still something that we need to continue monitoring. Obviously, when we've seen since the 24th, almost about eight, uh, eight business days ago, eight training days ago, I mean, the Hong Kong Hang Seng Index and the China CSI 300 is up about 5 to 4% um, around that range. Um, and obviously, we're seeing a bit of a pullback uh, today, about 1% to 2%, given the fact that there's been kind of weaker data coming out of China and also the Fitch downgrade overnight as well. Um, but something we can say that's positive is um, I think the earlier um, ideas of kind of doing a broad-based um, uh, stimulus is probably not the best way, and we really need to be. Uh, China really needs to be attacking the key sectors, such as the tech and property sector. Um, and we believe this is actually quite needed to really jumpstart the economy, plus really drive up confidence in both consumers and also the Chinese capital markets. Um, as you noticed over the data over the past few days, I think in July, 
Uh, China's top 100 developers reported contract sales decline of 33% year over year. So clearly some help is needed. Um, and I think we'll likely hear in the next few weeks uh, probably more direct stimulus measures in the property sector. I could imagine maybe easing on the demand side, such as uh, lowering down payment ratios or easing purchase restrictions, kind of shore up a bit of confidence and improve uh, the current liquidity issues. But before this happens, mm. it's really hard to see any sort of sustained uplift in Chinese stocks. Can uh, shares of Hong Kong's uh, Country Garden Services soar 20%, and that's after the firm announced plans to repurchase about 10% uh, of total issue shares. What are your thoughts on market reaction to this? Yeah, I, I think this is quite normal for those of us who've been keeping close track of Chinese property market stocks over the years. Uh, whenever we see a rebound in the Chinese property market, it is actually quite common to see property developers rush in to kind of issue new shares. But it's important to distinguish that the company uh, repurchasing share this time is the Country Garden Services, the property management arm, and not Country Garden Holdings, the property mm-hmm. developer itself. Uh, but I actually kind of like to highlight for a lot of investors, probably the saying goes, fool me once, shame on you, fool me twice, (laughs) shame on me. And the reason is because a lot of individuals who probably purchased uh, Country Garden services stock at higher prices are probably looking to cut their losses currently. Um, I don't know if you remember, back in December of 2022, the chairman for Country Garden services also did a share placement, and the stock is down 49% since. Uh, So I think really to fix the problem, so-called in the Chinese property market, we really need a structural rebound in home sales uh, and furthermore some form of restructuring in the way the developer industry works since the idea of build and they will come uh, I don't think will work going forward so um, I think this is still a wait and see uh, type of situation. If you're just tuning in, we're now speaking to Ken Shi, Head of Wealth Management, Greater China at Sexo Markets. And Ken, let's take a look at what happened in the U.S. rating agency Fitch downgraded the U.S. Uh, US government's top credit rating from AAA to AA+, citing uh, fiscal deterioration over the next three years, repeated down-the-wire debt ceiling negotiations that threatened the government's ability to pay its bills. What does this mean for investors, essentially, and what type of US assets should they be holding, say, cash, bonds, or stocks? Mm. I would say the market impact is pretty minimal. Uh, mainly because there's little reactions from the largest treasury holders, the banks, the pension funds, the sovereign um, holders as well. And so overnight, when we look at the treasury movements, this kind of confirms us, right? So two reasons I highlight why there's little impact. The first is, truth be told, this downgrade should have happened a long time ago. Uh, If you remember, the S&P rated, uh, S&P kind of downgraded the U.S. back in 2011, and I think that's been a long time coming. Also, I think for a lot of investors, whether institutional or retail, at this standpoint in terms of investments-wise, there are very few alternatives. Uh, you're not going to rotate out U.S. Treasuries and some other assets because you know it still offers very high yield. I think three to six-month Treasuries are about 5.5%. So again, the risk-reward is actually quite attractive. Mm. Uh, but looking ahead, I think maybe investors should maybe start looking at maybe investment-grade bonds. Um, because they'll start looking more attractive again. I think particularly when we look at 2023, uh, after all the rate hikes by the U.S. and the EU, what has not happened is financial conditions have not tightened significantly. Mm. So actually, when this environment, investment grade should have done better, junk bonds have actually rallied. And we've seen almost junk bonds rally about 8% year-to-date versus 1% on investment grade. So my whole point is, looking forward, uh, probably relative to, to stocks, which I see upside, 
funds are probably still more attractive. Uh, yield levels are attractive, peak rates are right around the corner, and uh, equity bond correlations are back. So the protection quality of bonds are also back. So that's uh, I give a slight edge to bonds in this environment. Mm. And I, but I do want to take a look at U.S. equities as well. What would you make of the most recent U.S. earnings season? I mean, if we look at shares of advanced micro devices, you know, uh, shares up a reported better than expected quarterly results. So far, about 82% of S&P 500 companies that have reported have surprised on the upside. Your thoughts? Yeah, I think we really need to look much closer at the data. Um, I think going forward, um, particularly when we look post-earnings, I can probably say that we'll likely see a bigger divergence in terms of UX stock performance going forward. And, you know, we can have a look at the tech companies which have already reported earnings, right? Mm. High flyers in terms of Google, Post earnings uh, up about eight uh, percent. AMD and Meta probably only about one to two percent, and then the loser probably with Microsoft down almost three uh, percent after earnings, right? And a big part of reason for this divergence is because many of these big tech names are really price prefer for perfection. Mm. So even though their earnings beat, it really may not be enough to justify the stretch valuation. So investors should be careful about this. Furthermore, obviously, we've seen a lot of activity for meme stocks recently, right? Like I think Tupperware Mm. is one, uh, jumped uh, 327% over the past five trading days and over 500% over the past month. Um, And I think this is important to remind investors, a lot of these meme stocks that were big back in 2021, uh, GameStop, down 71% until now. Bed Bath & Beyond down 99%. Mm. AMC down 91%. So the positive I can take away is the breadth in the market is actually widening. So there's more stocks rallying in that regard. So I believe this is a bit healthier going forward. Mm. I think there are also concerns about how um, a lot of these top performers are concentrated in the AI sphere and that AI boom, whether it is going Mm. to be a bubble. But uh, aside from US tech stocks, uh, Ken, where should investors Mm. keep their eyes on? I know we were chatting behind the scenes. You were telling me about European defense and US energy stocks. Tell us more about that. Yeah, sure. No problem. So beyond U.S. tech, which we like, but again, valuations are high. Two areas at Saxo, which we probably talk a lot about, is one is European defense. Um, So behind the scenes, obviously, after the uh, Russia-Ukraine war, uh, the EU military spending now has already topped uh, $345 billion U.S. dollars. So it's the highest since the Cold War. And looking ahead, um, actually, what we see, uh, the EU military spending as a percent of GDP will jump Mm -hmm. almost from 1.3% to 2.5%. So this is huge. Uh, And so a lot of European defense names have really kind of ridden on the back of that and benefited. So they're up about 11% since May, maybe about 4% since July, so outperforming broad markets. Uh, And then furthermore, one thing is uh, within the energy sector, right? Crude oil or WTI crude is up 16% in July, one of its biggest months ever. Uh, And we've seen U.S. energy stocks uh, ride up about 6% as a result. Um, So two points I mentioned to a lot of clients. One is energy stocks are priced cheap right now, Mm. 7.4 times earning and very catch rich, so which puts them in a good position. And furthermore, um, I, I highlight to a lot of investors that U.S. energy companies don't technically need oil prices to be sky high to be profitable. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of the oil majors only need prices to be about $73. So right now, WTI crude is about 82 Pretty good medium-term plays. Mm. All right. Thanks a lot for the insights, Ken. Great speaking. That was Ken Shi, Head of Wealth Management, Greater China at Sexo Markets. Thank you very much for joining us on Money FM 89.3. Before acting on the information on Money FM, please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives, financial situation, and risk tolerance.